Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Kawhi has it with time for the tie. Get in there, baby. And the rebound secured by the San Antonio Spurs. Boy, the Spurs were tough. Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Wednesday morning. We've got all your Tuesday night action from the NBA right here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. That's Mo Dakiel. That's Andrew Schleck pushing buttons. Don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of the craziest sports years we've ever experienced by subscribing to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Daily Ding. Gets you a full access subscription for just $3.99 a month. That's cheaper than a fancy cup of coffee. That's theathletic.com slash Daily Ding, $3.99 a month. Coming up on today's show, Bogdan Bogdanovich opened up to Sam Amick and gave an amazing pun. The Nets stopped the music in Brooklyn and the Blazers still can't win. But first, Lakers 94, Grizzlies 92 in Memphis. And Mo, this one should not have been a you know, as close because no John Morant, no Jaron Jackson Jr. Lakers were kind of on cruise control, but they did just enough to win this game. LeBron James turned on the second half. He kind of took over down the stretch of the fourth quarter. Dylan Brooks tried his best to defend him. There just wasn't anything he could do. LeBron's just too big, too good. And the Lakers kind of sleepwalked their way to a victory. Yeah, I mean, look, it's should not be close at all. They should have crushed this team, especially the second time they were playing them, you know, in the the little mini series that we have going on these days. And, you know, it took LeBron kind of just going off in the second half, Zach, like 21 points of his 26, 9 to 12 was shooting. Like, he just had to go ballistic. And, honestly, I just felt bad for Dylan Brooks because he was playing good defense and LeBron Yo, man, was, he was just hitting fadeaways. Yeah, it was just like, I don't know if there's anything else Dylan Brooks can do. If if honestly, if somebody wants to be upset with him, he should just look at them. Like, well, then you guard him. I'm Listen, there's nothing else I can do. Right. <laughs> well, that was the thing. I, I think I tweeted that at some point. I was like, yo, I don't know what else he could have done. And someone said, grow a foot. I'm like, yeah, I guess if he'd grown yeah. a foot in that possession, he would have ta- he would have been able to take care of him. But LeBron, uh, just too big and too good in that one. It was oddly close at the end, right? Like, I think the I think the Lakers went up like six or eight points in that final minute and then all of a sudden it was a two-point game yeah no it was really weird because it was like they they're up six you're thinking this thing is over you just got inbounded knocked down your free throws we're all going home we're all chilling and relaxing no the lakers couldn't bring the ball up zach on two consecutive possessions and the next thing you know it's a three-point game (laughs) i was just like "Uh oh this might get interesting real quickly and you got to give memphis a lot of credit man they're They've been fighting with all these injuries, everything that they have. They've been in a lot of these games. Even the the first game of this series, they were in there until, you know, the second half when the Lakers started to go. And, you know, it's just something like, I don't know if the Lakers were expecting to meet this energy or if they were just playing down to their opponent's level. Yeah, and I just thought the Lakers were sloppy early. You know, LeBron had a few turnovers early. Um, They just weren't very sharp. And I don't know if that's not taking the Grizzlies serious. I don't know if that's just general, like, being lethargic. Like, I don't know what that was, but 
the Grizzlies, as you point out, like, you know, last week when, when John Morant went down with an ankle injury, we found out three to five weeks. I was like, okay, they're toast. They're done. Right. And they've played great basketball as a team. And like you have seen Tyus Jones and Kyle Anderson and DeAnthony Melton, like do a good job of kind of keeping things moving, you know, just as lead lead guards and initiators. Um, you know, you're seeing Jonas Valanciunas like play really well. You're seeing Dylan Brooks, you know, kind of as kind of as a as a sniper here. Like Gorgie Jang had a really good game off the bench in this one. Um, you know, I I don't think of this team as that deep, and maybe I should change that because even without John, ja without Jaron Jackson Jr., you know, this team is playing extremely well. And you're right, Taylor Jenkins is is doing a great job. Yeah, and I mean we can't speak enough to just being able to keep these guys going and, and feeling motivated and things. And the hard thing though, Zach, is this is a lot of moral victories besides, yeah. you know, the, the it's like, it's nice, but it's like, these are moral victories and those don't get you in the playoffs. And that's why they need to find, you know, they need to hope that they can just sort of survive until Morant and Jackson come back and they can go on a bit of a run. But it's it's nervous time, but it's the other thing too is teams got to come in there and be ready to play because this team at the very least is going to be prepared. You know, and, and and I know Taylor from my days with the Spurs when he was with the Austin Toros. He's going to have this team ready to go every night. Wow, you guys hear that uh, name drop from Mo right there? Uh, oh, I no got plenty. Contavious I Caldwell. might do this all game. I might do this all night today on the day. Dang, good luck. This would be the one for it, right? No, Contavious Caldwell Pope for the Lakers. He was out with a sore ankle. Uh, as we mentioned, Lakers were sloppy. They had 17 turnovers, 18 points off those turnovers for Memphis. Uh, but LeBron did score 21 of his 26 in the second half, 9 of 12 during that second half. Uh, as Mo mentioned, the Lakers sweep the miniseries. Um, for the Lakers, I do wonder how many of these games we may see in these little series where they probably don't have to try that hard. And I don't want to diminish what Memphis did. Memphis played well. But we do know like this, this Lakers team, especially with the Memphis injuries, they should blow this team out. They didn't do that. And... Last season, you know, they were pedal to the metal all season long. I don't know that they'll they'll have that same mentality. They're kind of sleepwalking early on, even though they've been great. Yeah, and I think some of this too is they're just trying to ease their way into the season, Zach. Like I don't feel like they have the urgency, and I don't think they need to have that urgency of like we have to dominate from start to finish. Like this is a team we always talk about flipping the switch. This is a team that potentially has the switch, you know, that they can yeah. flip on when they're ready to play. And it's not just LeBron, but AD's been there. A bunch of these guys have been through it now in the finals. So you got to give them that kind of credit. And I just think they're going to ease their way through it. You know, they'll do just enough to win the games they need to win. LeBron finished with 26, 11, and 7. That's 11 rebounds, 7 assists. Anthony Davis, 26 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, uh, and 3 blocks. Did have 4 turnovers. Lakers out-rebound the Grizzlies 52 to 38, just too big for that Grizzlies team. Uh, three Grizzlies tied with 13 points. That was Dylan Brooks, Valanciunas, and Gorgie Jang. Uh, the other team in LA, not quite as lucky as the Lakers tonight. Spurs 116, Clippers 113 in Los Angeles. Spurs jumped out to a huge lead, built an early 24-point lead in the first half. Clippers came storming back in the third with a monster 40-point quarter. Uh, but Mo, it seemed like, you know, they had all that momentum going into the fourth quarter. They, they put up 40 points in the third. They get it to, I think it was within one going into that fourth quarter. It gets tied at 85. Then all of a sudden Spurs just, you know, Rudy Gay guys making plays all of a sudden go on a 12 0 run. And now the Clippers have to claw their way back into this one. Yeah. And I think it's just a, 
I don't know what to think, actually, Zach, with this Clipper team here a little bit. I think it got a little weird there. I think they felt like once they were able to tie the game that, okay, we're going to be able to take over now because Kawhi was rolling. Everybody kind of had a good rhythm. Pat Beverly was hitting shots. But, you know, the Spurs, I love the Spurs team. I don't know how good they are. I don't know how many wins they're going to get, but they're fun to watch. You know, they're going to play hard. They have a fun mix of young talent with Murray, with Johnson, um, and then some veterans like Patty Mills, Aldridge, and, and DeRozan. So, like, it's just one of those things where this Spurs team was who had lost four in a row before coming in here were like, we're not losing tonight. Yeah, not losing tonight. And, and the Clippers, I mean, Clippers kind of, you know, much like the Grizzlies, Clippers came out of nowhere to cut this thing. Like, it looked like this was done, right? Like, the Spurs were up nine, and then all of a sudden Clippers get, get a little bit of momentum. They cut it down to two I think Patty Mills gets fouled on a on a rebound he goes to the free throw line he had a great night but he goes just one of two from the free throw line uh Luke Kennard missed a missed a great look Kawhi Leonard missed a three at the buzzer um but it looked it looked like the Clippers were about to steal this one yeah I mean Kennard missed an amazing great I mean Kawhi does a great job drives baseline looks like he's stuck a little bit and finds Kennard just a little bit off of the top of the three-point line and I mean, Zach, I thought it was cash when that shot went up. I was just like, "Oh, okay, they're they're going to take a one point." Oh no, 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 they're not. And then of course, Patrick Beverly fouls Patty Mills and acts like he didn't do it. Although on the replay, he just blatantly shoves the guy in the back, Zach. And I'm listen, <laughs> he shoved you, him so. Much. It, it wasn't even like somewhat like you can kind of like he tried to hide it. It was literally like he wanted to, sh- it looked like something I saw on Cobra Kai. Like he literally yeah. just shoved him straight in the back and I and then looked at the refs going like, I didn't touch him. Spoiler alert for Cobra Kai, by the way. Um, no, it, I, as someone who was the master of flopping on a rebound, like I could always do a great job of pretending that I got pushed in the back, get a cheap foul call and it, piss the opponents off and someone who was great at that i can tell you i look for that no pat just flat out shoved him two hands like it was not it wasn't even, even close, close. it wasn't even close. even close you should get a technical the referee should get the tu up for that no i i mean i even thought like when luke missed that shot i was i was shocked and then i even thought like Kawhi's shot was tough at the end right it's kind of this fading no. to his right look on the on the right wing but even that i was just like oh Kawhi's gonna hit this like i was sure that that thing was going to overtime yeah it was it was definitely a a it's about as good a look as you can get in that scenario right like it was super congested he's able to get the shot off and just balanced out but like this just goes to show you can't start the way the clippers did i mean they got jumped from the very beginning of this game and even though they were able to tie it it's like if they can just start a little bit better they'd be be going home with the win and you know just so you know zach this is my two former teams that's it was the you know so my yeah absolutely that's one of my favorites one of my favorite coaches and and coach popovich who i also worked for and then ty lu who when i was with the clippers was the defensive coordinator with the clippers so gonna, i'm gonna do this name dropping thing for quite a while tonight that's good i gotta you know i'll just i'll just try to mark where all these names are dropped on the floor and we'll pick them up later uh by the way pop's <laughs> hair is out of control uh you mentioned how fun the spurs team is and i can't get a handle on them ever since Kawhi left ever since Kawhi got traded like whenever i think they're good they they play poorly whenever I think they're bad they play well and so I um, I cannot I'm just giving up trying to figure out this first team but this is the fastest well not the fastest this is the team from from Pop uh with the most 
fast break points per game. I think it's like 15 and a half fast break points per game. Um, highest of any Popovich team ever. They had 26 fast break points tonight. Like that was the thing that got them out yep, into that correct. lead is any, any long miss, any short miss, any turnover, they were out running. Cause you're right. These young guys love to run. Yeah. And this is also a credit to pop. Like we've seen a lot of coaches who just get stuck in their ways. Pop's been with this team forever. And you can look at it if you go through the years, the different styles in which they've played. They played a post-heavy offense when Tim was there. Then when Tony and Manu were coming off, they they they, they went into a lot more pick and roll stuff. And now they're now they're going into this little fast-paced offense kind of thing. It's it's fun to watch, and I just think it's a, a credit to Pop's ability to sort of evolve and and, and adapt with the game. So. Um, I got to give a little little love to one of my favorites, Zach. There you go. Uh, Patty Mills did finish <laughs> with 27 points, knocked down eight three-pointers, uh, choked a little bit at the line at the end there, but they they managed to escape. DeJounte Murray, 21 <laughs> points, five rebounds, five assists. For the Clippers side of it, uh, Kawhi, you know, Kawhi Leonard was kind of out there alone in terms of stardom. No Paul George in this one. Um, but I did like what I saw out of Nicholas Batum. Nicholas Batum had a, had a great game. He had what? He had 20 points or 21 points, uh, eight of 12 from Nine the field. Rings. Uh, Kawhi finished with 30 points, 10 assists. Uh, and Patrick Beverly, despite that shove, did shoot the lights out. He's six of nine from three for 20 points on there. Um, from the Clippers, you know, aside from getting down, uh, a little concerning, not just that they got down, but the three point shooting, right? For the Spurs, Spurs hit 23 pointers. It's just the second time in team history that the Spurs have hit 23 pointers in a game. By the way, they're 2 and 0. Maybe do that more, Pop. Uh, but I just I want to see a little bit tighter, and, and it's tough without Paul George out there. But I just want to see a tighter defense on the perimeter from them. Yeah, I, I mean, you we we want to see that improve. And like you said, no Paul George. They went to a zone for a while, and I thought yeah. that actually really helped them kind of work their way back into this game. And I thought that was interesting to see because we didn't we saw some of it last year with Doc, but not a lot. But Ty Lue not afraid to jump into it. But you, I want to touch on the Batum thing because. He's been great all year. Yeah, this he's a, was a, that's a nice pickup. Yeah, and that was – I kind of thought when they picked him up, I just kind of shrugged and said, okay. You know, because I didn't know how much he had left considering we barely saw him in Charlotte. And he's made a huge difference for them where I'm very curious to see what happens when Marcus Morris comes. I know how much they paid him, but do they start him or do they stick with Batum? Yeah, I think they'll stick with Batum. But, actually, I mean, they've got time to play around the, with the yeah. combinations and rotations. Maybe, maybe they will go to Marcus at some point. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Bogdan Bogdanovich was in the news on Tuesday, thanks to Sam Amick of The Athletic, who had a great sit-down and a great sort of tell-all with Bogdan uh, that included one point where he said, it's not the part that you were traded, which bothered him, but it's more like you feel a little B-traded. That's right, Mo. I think I hacked Bogdan Bogdanovich's brain, but in all this from Sam Amick and Bogdan Bogdanovich, who is now of the Atlanta Hawks, talking about just the failed sign and trade between the Kings and the Bucks that was 
a lot of eyes on that deal because it happened five <laughs> days before free agency opened uh, when it was reported from ESPN. It was very confusing. Um, but it seems to be there have been a lot of stories around this failed move. A lot of people wondered if it would cost them Giannis. No, Giannis signed the Supermax extension, so not that big of a deal. But still, if you looked at this Bucks team with Bogdan Bogdanovich, that's very enticing, right? That's a very intriguing combination to throw him into the mix as well. Also from Sam Amick in this report, there were Bucks officials fuming privately at the notion that they'd been double-crossed during the confusing affair with Bogdanovich's camp, insisting all along that he had never agreed to join the Bucks. It's a lot of he said, he said here, Mo. Yeah, and um, first let's start with the pun, because I feel like that hurt you a little bit. No, I was so proud of him. Kidding me? Well, it it, it yeah it it also makes me realize too that man like you and him probably could just hang out all the time because of how much you guys love puns. I mean, I I appreciate it, man. especially when you think about this. Like this is his second language, at least maybe third. I don't know how many languages he speaks, but I know I know English is not his first. Like he nailed that pun. No, he didn't. Stop it. No, he, he didn't. Absolutely <laughs> nailed that pun. Uh, for for what? Do you think this story is going to go away at some point? Like, is there yeah. much more that can be told of it? Or is this kind of just like, all right, it happened. We've had failed deals before. Everyone's got to move on. It only, it, it only I think, sticks around if there's new information. If yes. somebody actually has the actual contract or something. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's it's the only... We're, like, this is actually the definitive piece. I think we're all kind of waiting for Bogdanovich's you know, side. You know, we kind of heard a little bit from the Bucks. We've heard a little bit from the Kings. And we were waiting for this. And now that that has happened i feel like this story's pretty much over and it's time to move on speaking of trying to move on uh james harden if he wants to be a miami heat uh houston rockets want more than tyler hero and duncan robinson according to barry jackson of the miami herald it's significantly more than tyler hero and duncan robinson which like yeah of course right mo like that's it's always <laughs> yeah, going to be way like, more than those guys right like it, they're gonna you know the rockets are gonna ask for bam out of bio now that's not gonna happen but that's who they're going to ask for. Like they're going to say, "No, we want all your draft picks and we want all your young guys, including Bam." And that's what it's going to take to get James Harden. But we have seen Harden really expand this this list. And Miami was on the list early, but uh, but at some point, you got to feel like a deal is going to get done. Yeah, I mean, I'm waiting for Houston to get back on the list, though. No. No, no, I don't. No. I don't think that's no. going to happen. <laughs> um, no, but like they can't look, play the Kings every night, Mo. If only they could. Um, listen, and Miami fans who are sitting there going, like, I won't, we wouldn't trade Hero for, for Harden. Like, you may not, but that guy, Pat Riley, understands what James Harden could do and, yeah. and would do it in a second. And it's going to cost more. We know all that stuff. That list is growing constantly. It'll be interesting, Zach, because I don't think the. I don't think the Rockets are going to be in any rush. They're going to wait to see what the best offers are. And here's one thing I'm going to throw out there. I won't be shocked, and this is just me throwing out crazy stuff, folks. So I wouldn't be shocked if Bradley Beal gets moved before James Harden. Ooh, man! If they if they if they lose, although they won a couple in a row, but if they kept if they keep losing, yeah, we may see some pressure there out of out of Washington D.C. Dante Exum, who left uh, with a non-contact lower injury, lower leg injury earlier this week, uh, is out one to two months with a calf strain, according to Shamstrani of the Athletic. That's great news, Mo, considering what it looked like Dante had done. It looked like he had popped that Achilles, right? Uh, he yeah, kind of looked was... back from the injury. It, lo- it looked bad. So to find out one to two months for a guy, especially who's been as snake bitten with injuries as he has, like that's that's good news. 
Yeah, I mean, we went from it being a potential year to one to two months. That's a win. That's I mean, definitely we, uh, a win. No, no injury is, it would obviously be ideal, but if there's going to be an injury, we'd rather that than the being out a year. So just happy to see that, and hopefully he can just kind of get back and, and get healthy again. Other games from Tuesday, Nets 130, Jazz 96 in Brooklyn. Kevin Durant out for four games due to COVID protocol. Kyrie went off. 29 points. Jared Allen in the start over DeAndre Jordan. Dominated Rudy Gobert, the $205 million man, with 19 points, 18 rebounds. He dunked on him. He had steals. He had blocks. I don't think we're going to see – well, I should say we shouldn't be seeing DeAndre Jordan start over Jared Allen anytime soon. Shouldn't have seen it in the first place. Right. He's so much better. I don't care what just, I'm doing. sorry. I get why it's happening. He's friends and, with Katie and Kyrie, but come on, man. This team's so much and better. And look, man, I love DeAndre Jordan. I worked with him when I was with the Clippers. I was there for All his right, rookie no year. Game, Zach, Nuggets I actually beat him in a game of one-on-one. Nuggets 123, <laughs> Wolves 116 in Denver. Nikola Jokic, 35 points, 15 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals. As he and the Nuggets survived the revenge games from Juan Hernan Gomez, who had 25 points, and Jared Vanderbilt, who was all over the place in a good way, playing against Jokic. D'Angelo Russell had 33 points, 11 assists, but Wolves could not come out of there with the victory. Still no Carl Anthony Towns. Looks like he will be out until at least they get back from being out on the road, uh, which should be a couple of games from now. Blazers lose to the Bulls. Bulls 111. Blazers 108 in Portland. Zach Levine hit the dagger, sort of. We still got some, uh, you know, some shots towards the end. Dame tried to make it close, uh, tried to tried to steal that win, but the Bulls were able to dodge the bullets there to get the win. 21 points, 10 rebounds, five assists from Kobe White, and that is going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. Uh, of course, the Athletic NBA show. We had basketball buds on Monday, tampering on Tuesday. We'll have hoops adjacent here on Wednesday, point of contention on Thursday, nerdishy road on Friday. Don't forget about no dunks. You gotta listen to no dunks. Listen to House of Strauss. Listen to all the team specific shows available on the Athletic Podcast Network. Make sure you comment, subscribe, review, leave good uh, good good vibes on those podcasts because we don't need comment sections to be angry. That's not what you need. And of course, theathletic.com slash daily ding, $3.99 a month for a subscription. Thanks for waking up with this. Thank you for voting. Thank you for wearing a mask. Thank you for staying socially distanced. Thank you for all that stuff. Let's try to get through this. Let's try to get vaccinated. And Mo, hit me with the sign. Ding, ding. <laughs>